Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Good morning, Patrick. How's it going? Doing well, Jeff. How about yourself? I am slightly jet-lagged and tired, but I am here for everything. So, we <laughs> we took a little weekend, well, kind of three, four-day trip to uh, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife is from up around that area, and uh, Grayson had never been. York said he's been, you know, York's been a couple of times, not with us, but he's been a couple of times. And it had been... Uh, well, I guess York has been, but York has been for comic book conventions only, <laughs> not for like an actual trip of the city. Yeah. Uh, so we haven't been to Chicago. I don't think since Grayson was before Grayson was born. Like she was, Ruth was still pregnant. Ruth was pregnant with Grayson the last time we were up there. So, yeah, nine years nine years ago. So, <laughs> been a, been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, we went up and we just, we, we went Thursday and Thursday evening and, uh, came back yesterday afternoon. So we are a little, a little tired, but we had a great time. Um, you know, like most vacations go, you're going to have your stressful moments, <laughs> right. um, throughout the day. But we, we did good though. We had a good time. We stayed at this beautiful, um, hotel that Ruth found uh it's the it's a Hampton Inn but before it was a hotel it was the Chicago Motor Club so it was a building in which in the late 1800s early 1900s people would meet at this building and basically like plan out their travels it was kind of like a car club mm-hmm. before there were car clubs and uh people would plan their journeys and they had this big, huge, beautiful mural on the wall of the country and the major national highways so that people could, while they were having like breakfast or just socializing, because they also had a bar, uh, they could look up and plan the road trips, you know, their, you know, their next trip or destination. And right. during prohibition, they didn't serve alcohol. So they would, but they would serve something called giggle water. So if you ordered giggle water, it was essentially alcohol. Okay. So it's like a code word for giving me some boobs. So, but it, and it had laid uh, abandoned for like 28 years or something like that. And then 2014, uh, somebody bought it for like 9 million, which in downtown Chicago, it seems kind of cheap for me for an entire building. Right. Like it's 15 floors. And then they turned it into a Hampton Inn, but a lot of the art deco style from that from those early 1900s is still there and it is absolutely beautiful rooms are kind of small but mm-hmm. it's fine because i'm not there to stay in a room all day right. <laughs> so i don't need it to be ginormous and i don't need it to be something where it's like a like a homewood suite or something like that that's you know fancy and has a lot of amenities because again i'm not planning on being there too long i more or less just need the two beds and you know bathroom and shower so yeah but it all, i mean but it had like a small refrigerator and a desk but uh i said the one thing i noticed i go 
I think I said I think this is the first hotel that I can remember that doesn't have like a dresser. Or yeah, yeah. you know a lot of them have dressers. Nobody uses them. Right, but they're they're there. But they're there. Yeah. And this is the first one I think I've stayed at now in memory that has not had one, which I thought was interesting. But also the rooms aren't big enough, I don't think, to have yeah. one. So we, uh, but yeah, it was nice. Uh, it was a good trip. We walked around. We walked a lot. I think in three days we walked 16 miles, I think, if I added everything up. So yeah. right around that. So, no steps in. Boy, <laughs> averaging, averaging 10,000 a day, roughly. Um, good. Yeah. Uh, one day, I think close to 20. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, but yeah, we had a great time. Went to the Shed Aquarium. Um, had a great time there. Went to Navy Pier. Grayson wanted to go. That was Grayson's one thing. She wanted to go to Navy Pier because mm-hmm. watch, she watches Raven's Home, and that's a Raven. So yeah. there's one where they go to Navy Pier. So she was very excited about that. But I guess in the episode, there's an arcade that they went to and played video games. Mm-hmm. So she had one of those basement at the Alamo moments when we get there and there is no arcades there. Yeah. And so she starts kind of having a small fit. Well, not fit. I mean, she's not like stomping around, but she's like she's upset for, about something we cannot control. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just like. There, there's, yeah, there is no arcade. I'm it's sorry. It's almost complete, but this one thing is missing. Yeah. So I told her, I go, remember it, and I'm so glad that when we, I'm so glad that we did the studio tour when we went to California, mm-hmm. so I can explain to her, hey, you know how in TV shows they have like the little stages like that we went and walked around on and toured, and she's like, yeah, pretty sure the arcade is just a stage. Yep. But they made it look like it was at Navy Pier because they showed shots of Navy Pier to make it look like that's where it was. But really, it's just in like the studio in California, and it's not actually here at Navy Pier. So she under she kind of understood that and got out of it, out of that funk. But yeah, that that broke her. I was like, it's an arcade. It, you know how many arcades we go to at home, right? <laughs> like it just didn't match what she saw. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And it, I hate that for her. But, yeah. But she got to see the, she got, you know, she got to see the, uh, what do you call it? Ferris wheel there and the merry-go-round and the big spinning chair thing. Yeah. Uh, and all the other stuff. So she, you know, had a good time there. Um, I sent you these pictures. They were, as we were trying to hurry to get to our water taxi, because mm-hmm. uh, it was almost like the last one for the night. <laughs> We're having to rush, and it sucks because we end up rushing by, and I've got a few pictures, and I'll post them, of apparently they're doing a promo for the new Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Yeah. And they had these huge, like, I bet every bit 16, 20-foot tall Optimus Prime. Uh, was I don't think it was Jazz. I think it was somebody else. And, uh, and then the big gorilla one. Yeah. So, huge. I mean, they were huge. And they weren't like, I mean, they were metal. I mean, they're straight up metal. Yeah. I was like, oh That'd been God. cool to see. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, they were ginormous. It was beautiful. And I hated that I was like, kind of like we were trying to hustle. Then I like stopped, took a few pictures and then had to hustle again. Like I couldn't really even enjoy it. 
Yeah. Um, when I could tell they were just, you know, stacked, you know, just there. They, it wasn't like they talked or anything like that or moved. But no, this is pretty dope, though. Was very unexpected, we'll say. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and got her water taxi went back. And yeah, it was, it was, and Grayson got to have her first Chicago style deep dish pizza. So she actually liked it. She ate all her little personal one. And we had ours with stuff with like uh, meat and everything. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. And then next day went for me, did the uh, tour at Wrigley Field, which for me was, uh, you know, I was geeking out. I hadn't been at Wrigley since I want to say like 98. Um, last time, like my grandparents, like my grandfather, my brother and I, and uh, my mom, I think went with us and just had an amazing time. Yeah. But this studio or this studio, this stadium tour was amazing because uh, they were playing in Philadelphia that weekend. So they weren't even there for the game. So which was fine with me because it was a little less crowded, which is easier to keep track of, you know, Grayson yeah. and everything. But also that means it's easier to go to, the, you know, the shops in the area because it's not, you know, swarmed with people. Right. Um, but yeah. So we. Got to do this beautiful studio tour or studio stadium tour. And what was great about it too is that I actually learned quite a bit uh, that I didn't already know. And mm. yeah, it was just awesome. And then we got to walk around the area for a bit. And then, um, <clears throat> and then when you're just going around downtown, uh, going back downtown and uh, checking out a few places, went to the Nike store. Grayson got some new shoes. They didn't have the Jordans in stock that. Ruth wanted to, that the two of them wanted to get because, you know, yeah. they wanted to get Jordans since they were in Chicago. You of know. course. <laughs> you know, I, and of course, the entire time I'm there, I'm just thinking about when the movies we're going to talk about today. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I was like, huh. And I just the the entire just time at the store, I'm just thinking about this movie. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then we in between. Well, I was alternating between that and. I hate Nike because they don't make a lot of shoes in wide, you know, for people like me with giant wide feet. Yeah. So, so, you know, much like most brands, it's either all, either all white or all black. Yeah. I can't have any cool like designs or, you know, different things, which just always sucked for me, but it, it is what it is. Um, but it was still, it was still fun. Plus I was just, about to pass out at the prices for a lot of these shoes too. I was yeah. like, Whoof. I think, Whoof. I think my lifetime I've had like maybe one pair of Nike and that was, and even that was on sale. It was under a hundred bucks at the time. This is like years yeah. ago, but oh, yeah. I, I never was like, I mean, I was a fan of Jordan, but I just never yeah. wanted shoes, but um, I had one pair way back in the day that were comfortable, I, but yeah, we had knockoffs. My mom got my brother and I a pair of knockoffs. Mm-hmm. And which was fine because, you know, single mom. So, um, and they were fine. And then we, uh, I did have the Nike flight jumpsuit, mm-hmm. the black and red one. And I rode the, I was wearing the pants skateboarding to put a hole in them. And my mom about was in tears Dang. because again, they were not cheap. Right. And, you know, and so, but she got them for me. Uh, I think it was birthday. Uh, and it, uh, she ended up, she was able to patch them though. I mean, she got some fabric and was able to patch it up and I wore those, you know, 
till I till I outgrew them. But yeah, yeah. And then shoe wise, the only the most expensive pair of shoes I've ever owned. Period were the David Robinson Nike pumps. You know, because Reebok had the pumps and then Nike had them. They were, the, but they were the David Robinson ones. Yeah, I don't think the pump ever worked. But uh, <laughs> I got the Shack, Shack pump shoes. Yeah, and it just pumped the tongue of the shoe. That was it. Nothing else. Yeah. yeah. But hey, it's cool. Hey, whatever. And my shoes are like I think she said they were like one hundred and twenty dollars, and that's you know that's in like the early nineties too. So that's yeah, that'd be like cost of inflation is like two hundred dollars shoes. Right now, or more, or more, or more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I've always been thankful about that. I've never not been thankful for those shoes because um, I I did wear the hell out of them though. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, so the rest of the trip was good. We just kind of just kind of did our thing, and I mean, we walked a ton on Saturday though. Yeah. I think that was the day we we walked almost ten miles total. How was the weather? Was it no, warm? Six six miles. Um, it was no, it was cool. Uh, like sixties for most of it. Okay. I mean, yeah, like maybe at most maybe seventy four, but that breeze coming off the lake. Oof. Nice. Some of us get prepared. Because <laughs> I saw the weather, I'm like, uh, it's gonna be warm. I'm like, I packed one pair of shorts. I never wore them. I'm like. I don't even know why I'm bringing these. I already know it's not going to be warm enough to wear these. Yeah, it's like it had to be a drastic warm front that comes through. But no, because I've been there and I've been there in late June. I've been there in uh, in in July, and when it's hot, it is hot because it's yeah. all pavement. Even with that breeze, it's still really hot. Right. We went to. We were supposed to go to a Cubs game. I forgot what year it was. Probably '99, I think. Um. We were supposed to go to a Cubs game one year, and we didn't go because uh, it was standing room only. The heat index, I think, was like 102 or something stupid. It was. Let's put it this way: it was so hot the WGN generator blew, wow. like their generator for their truck. So wow. like they lost signal for the ball game. <laughs> that, yeah, that's hot. So my mom and grandparents went to. I think. The aquarium, I think, is where they went. And instead of going there, my brother and I, because we're not, we're still not smart, we end up going to a Chicago Fire soccer game mm-hmm. at Soldier Field. So I can always say I've been to Soldier Field. Yeah. However, it was for a soccer game, and it was still blazing hot out. Yeah. But I don't we could go that. in the shade if we needed to. Yeah, yeah. we could go in the shade if we needed to, though. Now we had a wonderful trip. Loved it. Ate some great food. Um, got to see a lot of. I took pictures that I'm going to try and see uh, if people can recognize what movie was shot at these locations and without cheating. Yeah. So, um, okay. Yeah. But um, all in all, it was, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, we can't wait to go back. We want to take my mom uh, next time because she was yeah. going to. I, I mean, we used to go a lot just for you know just for a trip in the summer. We would drive up there though. This we won't be doing that. We'll be flying. Yeah, flying's the way to go. Hop on the train. Hop on the train from the airport. Take the subway straight to your stop. We walked six blocks to our hotel, and that was it. Okay, it wasn't that bad. 
And we had carry-on. Like, it was just all carry-on luggage. So, yeah. Do it that way, and then take the... Uh, and take either the bus or the uh, or the subway to wherever you need to go. Never, I, Literally, I hadn't been... I drove the car to the airport Thursday evening, and then wasn't in another car until we got back in said car yeah. Sunday even the airport. I was like, well, it's been kind of nice not having to worry about car keys or (laughs) driving in general. Yeah. Well, and Ruth's like, oh, gas has gone down. It's like, oh, yeah. She's like, uh, and then she was trying to tell me what it was up in Chicago. I go, I said, I don't think I looked at one single gas sign the entire time we were there because we weren't in a car. Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't a concern. (laughs) Yep. I didn't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good time. It's good. Yeah. And York, I brought back. Uh, York some stuff and then him and I are going to have some bonding time later when we go see Fast X in 4D cool. but how are, you, how are you my friend how, oh, what's new what's I'm going on doing alright um, uh, Friday was Kyla's last day of school nice they, they do have a couple of days this week but she said Friday was the last day she has to go and so she's going to start working her McDonald's job like she was before on a more full time schedule um uh, that I did watch Rye Lane, and just like you said, I did I did enjoy it. Right, did, it's so different, like, wasn't it? Yeah, fresh it's, take. It's fresh. Now yes. it did it did kind of remind me of um, the Sun is also a star okay. that I watched a while back, just because it took place in the day and you had these two young people meeting just by chance and then yeah. vibing and just having that day together. So, but it still was fresh, um, especially the scene where. He meets up with his ex and his friend that hooked up and then she comes in and kind of saves him. And, you know, I, I like yeah. that. I like that because, you know, he specifically said, no, nah, I don't do it. I got to do this by myself and it's that. But her coming in helped out a lot because I, I don't know if I would do that. I, I mean, right. you know, that's your best friend. hooks up, with, But we don't really didn't really get the details of their relationship. It was basically like she had already checked out emotionally a while ago. Yeah. But he just didn't wasn't aware of that, you know, and it's been three months. So he hadn't been in the, at the house since then, and she also yeah. been three months since her last relationship. So they both kind of shared, they had shared Hi, experience. Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Charlotte, we're recording. Say hi to your friends later. There you go. Sorry about that, everybody. Charlotte had to go say hi to the neighbors. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was a fresh take. I like the music. In it, the way it was shot, and uh, just overall, it was a vibe. That's all. Let's I just sum it up that way. Yeah. And then um, Saturday, I didn't go see Fast X till Sunday. So that day, I took some time and played the Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy game because I'm still kind of okay. hyped from the movie. So yeah. I finally I beat that beat that story, and um, it's a fun game. I think it's it's single player. You pretty much play as Peter Quill, but you can give commands to your team to do different okay. things. Uh, I think it would be worth to pick up just to play through the story. Because, I mean, it's a lot of music from it that uh-huh. I heard. At least a couple of music during the title screen that's played in Volume 3. And it's just good music, period. Like, okay. like there's a sequence where you build up a meter, you press the two shoulder buttons, and you bring the team in for a huddle. And they say things like they're either really hype and excited about the battle or they're kind of feeling like they can't win. So you kind of yeah. make a response to kind of hype them back up or keep them level. Then you okay. get like a power buff from it. Oh, nice. But, uh, yeah, but it's got it's got a good good story. The gameplay is strong, and 
it was fun. It's just overall fun. So yeah. I, I, I would recommend it if you hadn't played it. Because I think the, the Avengers game that came out before maybe kind of messed up people. Because it's from the same company. Uh-huh. And so I think it kind of got overlooked. But I'm hoping to make a sequel to it. Because it was pretty fun. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And, yep. And then that's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. Other than that, uneventful week. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Yeah. Uh, both York and Grayson, uh, Thursday is a half day. So they okay. they are. Grayson did a tears down the face. Um, like she pretended like she had tears coming down her face, and then like a a uh, a full on like fist pump. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh I'm sad, but yes at the same time. It was really funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got a I got a kick out of that. So, and then um. <laughs> But yeah, uh, York's I know very happy. He ain't, he's nothing's upsetting him about about a uh, school being out. Yeah, which I don't blame him. Uh, and then he just gets to chill for the summer. Go figure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then Grayson gets to uh, Grayson gets to go to her first like camp. So she's doing a camp Wichiwagan. It's just a day camp. It's not like an overnight camp, but yeah, she's, I think, still a little excited, though. Yeah. So she gets to do that next week. So that'll be fun for her. Um, yeah. All right, let's get into it. So trailers. Dropping this week is Martin Scorsese's latest, Killers of the Flower Moon. Members of the Osage tribe in the United States are murdered under mysterious circumstances in the 1920s, sparking a major FBI investigation involving J. Edgar Hoover. Oddly enough, Leo DiCaprio is not playing J. Edgar Hoover in this movie, at least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also stars Robert De Niro, Willie Gladstone, Simmons, Tantu Cardinal. Uh, John Whitgow, Brendan Fraser, Kara uh, Jade Myers, and a host of others. So, yeah, even, oh, Jason, even Jason Isbell is going to be a musician, Jason Isbell. Uh, Sturgill Simpson as well. There's a lot of, a couple of musicians in here. Cool. Pete, you weren't yet. Okay, Jack White. All righty. <laughs> going on with all okay cool um no release date yet but uh it you know did well it got a very warm reception at cans so that was this weekend or might still be going on i'm not sure um peep the runtime oh yeah let's see here it is it did say it was long but i don't uh runtime is oh (laughs) Yeah, three hours twenty six minutes. When you add the previews, if you check, if you go for the preview, that's a four hour experience. There's <laughs> there's no way Marty in his age is going to be would be able to sit through this movie. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, again, again, if you have to pay sixteen dollars to go to the movies, I would want it to be three hours long. <laughs> yeah. Get you know? your money's worth. And it better be good. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, <laughs> good God. Marty! <laughs> How you making me this long? <laughs> you can't even sit there yourself. Yeah. We had to go back do something about the runtime of your movie. <laughs> <laughs> so he has a special cut for him. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, next up, uh, a full trailer from Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Uh, so the way, the newest and latest installment in the Mission Impossible franchise where Ethan Hunt and his IMF team must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls into the wrong hands. Uh, of course, starring Tom Cruise, Haley Atwell, Ving Rams, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, Vanessa Kirby, uh, Henry Cesarney and Palm Clementi from from Guardians is joining the uh, cast. This one, Shay Wiggum is also in it. Charles Parnell, Rob Delaney, Carrie Yules, uh, Indira Varma, Mark Geddes. Good cast. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, and directed, of course, by Christopher McQuarrie. So, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be there, obviously. It's a Mission yeah. Impossible movie. It's like saying there's a Fast and Furious movie. I'm going to be there. Of course. Uh, 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 next is a movie called... Oh, uh, sorry. The Mission Impossible comes out July 12th. Soon. Next, yep. Next up, Theater Camp. The eccentric, the eccentric staff of a rundown theater camp in upstate New York must band together with the beloved founders Broy son to keep up to keep the camp afloat by the way Broy is b r o hyphen y <laughs> Broy Broy bro so it stars stars Ben Platt Molly Gordon Noah Galvin Jimmy Tetro Carolyn Aaron AO Edabiri so it looks Amy Sedaris is also in it. So I, this looks like it's like right up my right up my alley. And it is it is directed by Molly Gordon and Le- Nick Lieberman. And then uh, let's see here. Oh, the one you posted about this one. As soon as I get to it, we have there it is. The creator described as a post-apocalyptic post-apocalyptic thriller involving a future impacted by a war between humans and AI. Is this a documentary? I feel like this is a documentary. <laughs> but from the director of Rogue One comes. So yeah, it's starring Gareth, or it's not starring, directed, written and directed by Gareth Edwards, starring Jim Chan, John David Washington, Allison Janney, Ralph Innocent, Mark Menchacha, Ken Watanabe, it's a, it's a yeah, good cast. Looks great. Uh, although the AI that's on the cover, or the robot that's on the cover, mm-hmm. looks like the same one from Finch with Tom Hanks that's on Apple TV. It has similar features, I guess I should say. Maybe they're the same species or line, whatever you call it. Manufacturing line? I don't know. <laughs> I, do, I don't know how similar you do parts. that. Similar I, parts. Yeah, I don't, yeah I don't, I'm not trying to be like not trying to say all robots look the same, but they have some more features. 
It's like when you get certain food, let's say it was made with soybean products and all that. Um, so exactly, <laughs> this was made with wires and components. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> um, the creator comes out September 29th. Unknown uh, release date for Theater Camp or Killers of the Flower Moon. I'm sure Killers of the Flower Moon will come out probably around Thanksgiving because, you know, Oscar. Yeah, yeah it's definitely going to get that nomination. For the longest run time. <laughs> longest run time. <laughs> right. Uh. All righty. Let's, uh, let's get the family together. Let's uh, drive into our feature presentation. Vroom, vroom. Uh, vroom, vroom. <laughs> All right. Fast 10 up, everybody. Fast 10 up. See what I did there? That's, yes. I, I've been saving that. I've been saving that for like a week. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm just surprised they didn't put that in their, pro- in their marketing, though. Right? Man, yeah, they don't like the See, it's because there's too much bro energy, not enough dumb dad joke energy. But, I mean, but yeah, that would have worked. So, oh, yeah. You know. I'm like, how? Because even I was like, how are they not using this? Yeah. No, it's Fast X, not Fast 10. Your seatbelts. Exactly. <laughs> it's right there for you. Just it's an alley-oop and you just yeah, missed the dunk. <laughs> swatted away. Yep. Swatted. No, no. <laughs> ben Diesel swats it away. No, no, no. Not in my house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bless. All right. Fast X dropped this past Friday, uh, <laughs> May 19th, with rated PG-13 with a run down, run, I almost said a run, a dawn time, uh, a run time of two hours, 21 minutes. So the family's all back together. So I mean, you have basically Dom and the gang, mm-hmm. including a more grown Brian now, uh, yep. little Brian, LB, little B, little B. Yep. It'll be, yeah. which I'm sure he was being called that. Basically, every, the, everyone from the cast is back with a few new additions. We have, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> we have Brie Larson as Tess or Little Miss Nobody, Miss Little Nobody. I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Tess. We have Tess. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, I guess Little Nobody's, that would be his, I guess they would be. Brother, sister, something like that. I don't know how it all works. I don't know. How, I don't know how that family works. <laughs> I don't have the nobody. Yeah, nobody does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't have the nobodies down. <laughs> uh, nobody knows how it works. Uh, uh, excuse me. And then we have our main villain, Jason Momoa, as Dante, and then uh, Alan Alan Richson Richson. Is also in this film. Most as Ames, most of y'all will know him if you're like fans like us of Reacher on Amazon Prime. You'll know him from that. You may also know him from the first one or two seasons of Titans as Hawk. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Sorry, I'm still laughing. So, yeah, it so basically we find out that. I guess you could say the sins of the past are coming back to haunt them. You know, basically another Fast and Furious. Yeah. 
simple plot. I mean, we're not really trying too hard, you know, because it's Fast and Furious. It's just big, dumb fun. Uh, so they tried to up the game with, okay, we're going to go back all the way back to Fast Five. Yeah. And they're in Rio. They're doing the bank heist. They rip the vault out of the bank, or not out of the bank, out of the police department, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, do the crazy... <laughs> All that destruction. Dragging that (laughs) thing all through Rio and having the final chase uh, on the bridge. And uh, was it Perez, Hernan, Hernan Perez? Mm -hmm. Character's name, yeah. Yeah, Hernan Reyes. Uh, Reyes, that's what it was. Uh, He ends up, he ends up getting, uh, he ends up dying because, you know, the fault lands on him. Actually, no, lands on him. He gets out. (laughs) <laughs> and then uh forgot Hobbs gets out of the vehicle, pops two in them. Yep. I went back it. and rewatched that. Yeah. So like, I wanted to see because they just basically took that last sequence. They cut some stuff out, but it basically just took that last sequence of yeah, five yeah. and played the beginning. Right. I'm like, which was I was like, all right. Yeah. Well, and I'm sitting here going, Well, I never did watch five in theaters. I guess I'm watching it now. Yeah. See? <laughs> that's, that's I mean that's essentially what it was, because it, it wasn't until Fast Five like I had seen the first one. Mm-hmm. And then I hadn't watched another Fast and Furious until, until the six, like I hadn't, or until I rented it, uh, checked it out to get Redbox, yeah, and freaking loved it. And I'm like, okay, I have to go back and watch these other three that I've missed. Yeah, two, three, four. I'd stopped at four. No, I, three, actually three, because I didn't like three too much at the time. Yeah. So I didn't watch it. Then when seven came out, I'm like, okay, this looks good. But I need to catch up. So I went back and watched the ones in between and like, yeah, five was actually pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up, uh, so then I went back and bought all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Just I'm like, all right, there we go. And it's been on board ever since. And so, yeah, so, uh, it's like, okay, so they're showing the, that most of that scene from five and which was interesting. Cause you're also watching, you know, you're also, uh, Paul, watching Paul Walker, on mm-hmm. the screen again yep. but it's not and it's not like a dummy it's or not a dummy it's not a stand a, in or like his brother's doing a fill in yeah. right 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 it's none of that it's it's actually just cut scenes from the movie and putting them in and yeah and but it shows so dante is hernan reyes's son mm-hmm. and you know he kind of had a troubled youth growing up and his dad kind of took him in and uh, was going to show him, you know, basically to teach him the family business and all that stuff. Yeah. And basically he's like, we're going to take down Toretto, blah, 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 blah. And then the vault gets stolen. And then, mm-hmm. so like most fashion, like most of this franchise, it's about revenge as yeah. much as it is about family. It's about revenge. Yeah. <laughs> so um started out about racing cars and petty thievery and then yeah. other spies and tech geniuses yeah. and martial artists superheroes yeah. basically yeah yeah it's their own it's their own avengers it's the universal avengers yeah <laughs> the gearheads uh, yeah something like that i don't know so they uh so Dante doesn't want to just kill Dom. He wants to, he wants him to suffer. 
Yeah. And so basically anybody that's had that had anything to do with that heist is going to make suffer pretty much. Yeah. And everybody that 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 their families love, you know, is going to suffer. So it's basically just going from there, which includes. So Cypher shows up because she's doing her thing, which how she I forgot that she had gotten out from the last movie. Yeah, <laughs> Jacob had her and then I couldn't remember because it'd been a minute. Yeah. <clears throat> and so, yeah, uh, you know, the biggest the biggest thing I found interesting was that they're still using this whole God's eye thing from like three. This would be the fourth movie. Cause I think it was seven, right? I think so. Yeah. It was, Shaw, it was Shaw's brother. Yeah. The, yeah. One, the one that hasn't appeared yet. <laughs> Luke Evans. There we go. Yeah. So that started that whole thing. And so we, I, I find it interesting. We're still using, I'm like, how is this thing not outdated by now? Right. Or destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> or destroyed. Yeah, it's tiny too. Yeah. But apparently not. Or replicated. I mean, at this point, it should be some kind of um, clone or, you know, yeah. maybe something that's not as strong, but just as good yeah. or as effective. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. But no. Yeah. Um, you know, then we get a little flashback of how he basically took Cypher out. <laughs> um, he tries to threaten her. It's like, you think I'm threatened by what you're doing? I'm like, no, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to. Your crew. And he basically mm-hmm. got all their family, and he's like, "If they don't do what I say, then their family's gonna be hurt." So they start to turn on her, and somehow she fights her way out, which you know is a cool sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, she she knows her. She 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 was prepared basically, just in case yeah. something like that happened. They try to shoot her. She has a disabler, and so I was like, "Okay, that was smart." But the elevator thing, yeah, <laughs> I, I was like, eh, "I don't." She shouldn't have survived that. <laughs> nope. No. But um, sorry. I guess flipping the guy over and him taking the yeah. brunt of it and getting stabbed by whatever's underneath. And but still, she shouldn't have been walking. <laughs> no. Oh, but again, no. this is this is the Fast and Furious. This is this yes. is physics. Don't matter. Nope. <laughs> Not at all. Nothing. Yep. Um, physics trauma. Whatever. Yeah. Don't matter. You don't need therapy. Just only if you're good. Only emotional trauma. That's <laughs> yeah. the only emotional trauma. <laughs> Um, but, um, then we finally do get introduced to Dante and he's very flamboyant in his yes. behavior. Like almost, um, he, I, I wouldn't know how to really describe him. Like, I want to say he's kind of like okay. Prentice in a way. Cause he's got, you know, kind of like Prince. Cause he's got like a real eclectic wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but He's real. I, I just flamboyant is the only word that pops up in my mind. Just how he's acting. So the character he played in Slumberland, that was on Netflix that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, when he played Flip and he had the horns and everything, he was very much like that character. Okay, I, I still haven't watched that. I still very, haven't watched yeah. that. So if if you have watched it, his character is a lot like that. He, uh, it's yeah, very flamboyant, but it's. But at the same time, he could flip. Yeah, yeah, he could flip. Yeah, um, but he could like his attitude, or like the way he is, can just change like in an instant. So it seems yeah. to me like it's almost like a split personality type thing. 
Dissociative like type. There, yeah. Yeah. Like there's something else <clears throat> going on. Because it, it kind of reminds me, like in a way, like a Joker type character where he knows what he's doing is crazy, but he's having fun with it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, he's he's having fun. He's doing a lot of laughing, but take him serious because he means what he says. He's going to do what he says. <laughs> take him serious because he's batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And, um, but yeah, like it's, he's just really out there, just totally yeah. disturbed. And, you know, something in his childhood wasn't right that he never addressed. And he just manifested once his dad died. It's just like, all right, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm taking everybody out. You it might be somebody you just said hi to. I'm going to take them out. <laughs> I don't care. Did a good deed for someone. Um, and then, well, Actually, before that, you know, Tyrese's character, Roman, has been assigned. He, he's got his own mission that he's the head of. Yes. And um, let's see what's in Rome, right? Or is it Italy? Yes. No, it was or Rome. Roman. So they come to find out that the mission that they're going on was set up by Dante to set them up so he can take them out. <laughs> and he had this big, this big bomb, this ball. I noticed in the last movies, like Shang-Chi... This movie and then the Blue Beetle, they got a thing about buses and cutting them in half. Right? <laughs> I'm like, man, what's beef with the buses? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Be nice to travel public transportation. Right. We need more people to take it, not less. Yeah. <laughs> I have to have Superman promos. Like, city buses are still the safest way to right. travel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'd have to get uh, you'd have to get Plastic Man. Because you know the one the buses that have like the little unicorn or not unicorn uh, accordion, you know divider. Yeah, we were on one yesterday. That's all I. Dang, I remember <laughs> that. You just have them stretch out like that. <laughs> uh, oh, that's funny. But yeah, so they you, the whole thing in Rome, the whole sequence in Rome was just <laughs> so ridiculous. First of all, we need to. I need to take a step back. The vehicle when uh, Cipher gets out shows up at Dom's door mm-hmm. to let her know that you know about Dante and everything. Was that the new DeLorean? I don't know. I think it was. I think I read on the front DeLorean because okay. you know had the wing, the wing doors. When I check it out this week again, I'll, I'll pay better yeah. attention to that. And and did you notice? <laughs> In the morning, because, you know, that was at night, in the morning, when, uh, you know, all the agents and everybody are there and they show mm-hmm. up, the freaking door to that car is still open. <laughs> and nobody stole it? <laughs> right? It's Los Angeles. Dude, I would have stolen that car. I always yeah. tried to. It's probably like the keys in the car <laughs> and everything. Right? In the in the visor, of course. That's yeah. where you, everybody was. Of course. In the movies. Right. I'm like, dang, I didn't notice that. <laughs> I said, how do you going to leave the damn... I don't leave the door open to my car in my driveway. Right. In my driveway. And something like that with suicide <laughs> with less, doors? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gone. <laughs> Gone. Yeah. It's going to end up in one of the next street races. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to... Like I said, uh, I'm taking York to go see it in 40X this evening, so I'm going to go... Uh, I'm definitely going to double check and make sure. Yeah. Gonna, I'm curious, but yeah, it was it was interesting. Or that I thought it was pretty cool though. And then, uh, yeah, the whole it just he now I know Dante's like you know like what I did with the bomb in in Italy you know because it 
you know, it was just, it reminded me a lot of the, uh, I was inspired by the vault in Brazil, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, nah, I was like, no, nah, man, you, you were inspired by Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. <laughs> That's all that was. That was just a Fast and Furious last, Lost Ark <laughs> cannonball or whatever the heck that is, giant ball rolling after you. Yeah. Uh, then the whole deflecting of it. When it's rolling down, you got the gas station. Yes. I feel like it's an odd position for a gas station. Got yes. place for it to be. So Dom gets the idea. Got these people. So I'm going to knock this canopy over so when it explodes, it'll save them. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not how bombs work. Or fire. No. Because guess what? It's still flammable. <laughs> the fact that it's a bomb and it's on fire, it should have been an instant. Yeah. Right. But thinking too much about it. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand science anyways. And it is yeah. metal, so I don't know. Maybe. Man, I guess the core still of it heat. is protected. Yeah. I guess. Still... still heat, though. Yeah. I guess it only triggered by a button. <laughs> Nothing else. I don't know. Everything's very convenient. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But yeah. This and this movie is nothing but <laughs> a series of inconvenient conveniences. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Oh goodness. And so one thing we both have we both noticed. So first of all, the movie has essentially two directors in the sense that Justin went originally was set to direct, but he was having creative differences with Vin Diesel. Big surprise. Yeah. So after a week into production, he leaves the movie like, and he was expected to get a 10 to 20 million dollar payday out of that. He leaves it. He says to hell with it. I'm going back to independent films. Dang. Exact quote like that. So, he leaves. All right. And then Luis Leterrier comes in to replace. Mm-hmm. Most people will know him from the transporter franchises. So uh, brilliant French director. Uh, d- definitely knows how to do action. And right. Definitely knows how to direct Jason Statham. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, no other niche. None of me. Um, <laughs> none of me. Uh Anyways, he uh, he's having to come in, and he he's not used to working on these huge budget movies like this. Yeah. I forgot the quote, but basically he's used to driving. I forgot what kind of a Renault. I'm used to driving a Renault, using it as in a metaphor. And then I'm giving this big Dodge Charger with all with this all this power behind it, and I'm not used to it. <laughs> Dang. Like it had to be a daunting task, like. Uh... But yeah, well, at least a lot of the groundwork was laid yeah. down for him. So right, and so he's like, I need to see his storyboards, uh, his shot list, all of that mm-hmm. stuff, so I can get an idea because he still wanted to honor his vision. Yeah, for the movie, but just come in and basically, you know, shoot it. You know, uh, much like, well, I would say much like, uh, Joss Whedon did with. Uh, Justice League, but that that didn't turn out so well. Mm-hmm. We prefer the Snyder cut, anyways. Um, yeah. It, but that's a problem when you try and honor a director's vision. You you don't. They didn't. You know, the studio didn't bring you in to do his vision. They brought you in to do your vision, and then just go with, you know, just insert those 
Basically, just take what's there, but put your spin on it. I mean, it's a week of shooting. It's not like they shot the entire movie. Yeah. True. So at least he came in rather early. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. He came in early enough. He could have just changed, you know, would changed it to fit him. But and he said he's never he's so used to pre-planning that just coming in with all that being done was difficult for him because it did make it a little bit harder to you know because everything was in motion mm-hmm. but he said he he you know they everything as far as the crew was justin Wynn's crew so it kind of helped out he was able to get in sync with them and they were you know he had nothing but good things to say about that <laughs> but one thing and he did end up rewriting the third act but then, then i read well i read one article that said that once he reread the rewrote the third act he realized he had to then do the same thing with the second act. And so he did some rewriting of the, or not second of the first act. And then of course can have two things rewritten and not the third one. So he, he tweaked the second act a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the third act is, was completely uh, rewritten. And I think that's why we're now getting two more movies instead of just one more movie. Mm. All right, it's not over yet. I was like, one more after this, cool. Then I saw that announcement. I was like, I was prepared for two. <laughs> yeah. But now yeah. I got prepared for another. Yeah. So. DJ Cal comes, comes in. Another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like, oh. yeah. I still think seven was, was a good stopping point. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've enjoyed eight and nine. But this one was, this one just felt off. Like. Yeah. Also, yeah. I, I, I want to know what whatever brand tires Dom is using for his cars. I need those. Right. Because them tires are indestructible. Caught fire and everything. Not still good. I bet, shit. I bet it does. A, I, I bet it does amazing through a country, through a uh, construction site. <laughs> it damages the nails. It doesn't take it doesn't take the nails. It's like it yeah. breaks the nails. It's, he's got the Chuck Norris of tires. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Oh man. Let's see what else about this. Um, there is something that you know. Cipher came in at the beginning, and then toward the middle of the movie, you know, her and Cheryl Rodriguez had their little fight. Yeah. So I was just like, I think this this portion would have been better if we didn't have that first part, because I'm sitting right. there like, why are they fighting? Yes. Why, why, there's no point in this fighting. It's just no. maybe she just wants to fight for whatever. But I'm like, if we didn't have that scene at the beginning, then the fight would have made yes. sense. It would have made a lot more sense. Because it's like, oh, you're here. Oh, great. I'm going to fight you. <laughs> but they had that whole sit-down conversation. So I was like, there's no point for this fight now. It's just there for it. <laughs> hey, she, hey, she's mad because she's mad because she left the damn door up on the car so the battery went dead, and then they had to call a tow truck. <laughs> had to pay the tab for it. Hey, hey, that would make more sense than whatever reason why they were fighting. Okay, they were trying to get out and say, "How much time we got?" Uh, four minutes. All right, cool. Cool. That's just enough time. I'm going to beat your ass. Yeah. What? For yeah, what? Why? You're both in the same situation. For making her a stepmom? Like, <laughs> it's not her fault. No, that's not her fault. That's still Dom's fault. It is. <laughs> You know, I mean, you know, as a fence, he it, thought she was dead. He moved on. Yeah, right. Exactly. Rather, qu- rather quickly, though. Rather quickly, though. Yeah, well, you know. Well, maybe it wasn't that quick. I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know. But, well, and that's the thing. Time had, much like physics, time means nothing in this franchise because <laughs> it's five years have gone by between movies, six months have gone by between movies. <laughs> like it's. But it, with this one, it goes back right. 10 years, right? So 10 yes. years is 2013. Yeah. Fast Five was 2011. I was yeah. like, did the movie take place in 2013? It's just a release. So I looked up a timeline yeah. and said, no, it takes place in 2011. So maybe it should have took place 11 years ago or 12 years ago. Right. So I'm it's, like, hey. the timeline is just all messed up. <laughs> yep. Ever since because, the whole thing with the third movie yes. and bringing Han back, it's like, just just watch the movies. It's not going right. to make sense. Exactly. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is the Dorian. It's the only reason. It's the only thing I can think of. Uh, next thing is they're gonna be Transformers is next. Yep. <laughs> uh, they went they went to space, so I mean it's I mean, possible. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible. You know. uh, and then of well, course that's with... gonna be the next thing. Forget God's eye. We're gonna we're gonna have the all spark. <laughs> right. And then I think the mission that Vin Diesel has is to try to bring everyone back that's been in this that's still around. You're right. So we'll see how successful he is with that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh goodness. So who knows who's going, who's going to pop up, dead or alive or presumed dead or Paul Walker zombie. <laughs> we're having R.I.P. But that's what we're getting next. But but it's All cool the they still keep his character alive. They still mention yeah. him even though they don't yes. show him. And so. uh, and his daughter plays the flight attendant. Wow. That helps Jacob out. Okay, like his actual daughter uh, cool. plays the flight attendant. Which I'm like, this, wait, he has a daughter old enough to play a flight attendant? <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> Right. But yeah, That's I mean, cool. yeah. so yeah. That's cool. It was pretty neat. So, you know, because it's all about family. But yeah, this movie is overly ridiculous. It is, it is still fun. Yeah. But there's so much stupid in this movie, though, that does make it. It's not my, it's definitely not my, it's definitely one of the middle of the road in the franchise. It's definitely the, one of the lesser ones. It's because, and I don't know if, I don't know how much of it has to do with, they're just out of ideas. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> they're mean, just out of ideas. They're running on fumes. There we go. Car <laughs> reference. Um, right. Or if they are just, or if it has to do with the fact that they've got two different directors and there's rewrites. And so there's just so much going on. Yeah. Like how much, I mean, how much more is there to tell? They're figuring out they're They're squeezing as much as they can out of it. Yeah, it's making money. It's, well, it's because yeah. it's making money, and so people go see them. Yeah. But people are going to go see them because there's still at least a, a very minuscule plot. And even yeah. the humor, because that's something you know we discussed, is that even the humor was off. Like, nothing really – the didn't jokes land. didn't really stick. Yeah, no. they just no. – I mean, there were some that landed, like, toward, like when they went to, to the black market shop. I thought yes. that, was, that yes. was pretty pretty funny. Except for the fight. The fight was stupid. Yeah, that was not needed. No. Just... And then, then the powder, what the hell was that? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know if that was like a Shaq thing or a LeBron. It was LeBron that, that yeah, like some like, weird power. I don't even know where he got it from. I'm like, me either. I, I said, stop. Stop thinking too much. <laughs> I said, I turned my brain off. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, like for me, the, I thought the, the ninth one before this one was kind of middle of the road. Then I watched this. I'm like, okay, the ninth one wasn't so bad. <laughs> Right. Compared to this. And um I don't know. It's it's one like it is a fun movie, but it is also a movie where you can just talk about it and like why did this happen? You know, you can still yes. 
have fun right. talking about it, pick it apart, but you can still yeah. have fun watching it. <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, two more. Yep. Two more. Uh, yes, because this movie does not end. It is it, it weaves it at a continuation. Yeah. And there is one post credit scene. Yeah. And then after that, y'all can leave. <laughs> yeah. And then bounce. Yeah. Bounce and be like, the hell did we just watch? <laughs> I, I, I always wait till the end of the movie to check to see if there's post credits. Because <laughs> yep. I'm like, when I should do that beforehand. But I'm always right. afraid I'm going to read something. That yeah, that you don't want to. Yeah. yeah. Same. Because when I looked up the art, when I was looking up the art, because as I was watching, I was like, yeah, this movie just seems, the pacing of it seems kind of weird. The edits, I don't really, there's some edits I didn't think were properly placed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when they could have just, just done the scene instead of cutting back and forth to it. It just seemed out of place. And then I looked up, you know, that made me think, oh, wait, I think there was, I remember there was drama on filming, you know, making the movie and everything. And because I was like, I know there's this article I read about Shirley Theron and Michelle Rodriguez having to basically shoot their fight scene without a director, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it turned out well. But it was a good fight scene. I just don't know yeah. why they did it because of the yeah, first which didn't, scene. Right. Again, because of the first scene. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was still well done, though. It, it yeah, it, there's. So I'm curious how the next one's going to go. If it, I'm hoping it'll be better just in the sense that they'll have a director, director that, throughout the whole process instead right. of switching. Yeah. That does make a difference, you know? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yep. Yeah. Just don't turn your back on family for two more movies after that. <laughs> be all right. Right. Okay. All right. Let's move on, even though this is going to be a little bit longer episode, which is fine. Um, because we just have a lot to talk about. Um, let's see here. Patrick, which one do you want to talk about now? I guess we can check, talk about air. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> you want to go ahead? All right. <clears throat> air. Runtime hour and 51 minutes. And it came out originally April 5th of this year. And it followed, well... It follows the history of shoe salesman Sonny Vaccaro and how he led Nike in his pursuit of the greatest athlete in the history of basketball, Michael Jordan. Uh, directed by Ben Affleck <clears throat> and stars Matt Damon, along with Ben Affleck, uh, Jason Bateman, Marlon Wayans, Chris Messina, Chris Tucker, and Viola Davis. And it takes place in 1984. I think it Pretty, did pretty well of setting the the time frame and oh yeah really well and basically you know Nike shoe company has a basketball division it's not doing so well and they need to do something to turn around otherwise they're gonna get rid of it <laughs> yeah and so they're checking out the draft picks that are coming up and even though they're thinking about Michael Jordan they're like nah he's off limits because he loves Adidas and Converse mm-hmm. so there's no way he's gonna sign with us. But uh, Sonny Vaccaro feels like, after watching some old video of the his uh, the college game where he hits that game the game winner, mm-hmm. he's like, there's just something about him. Like he knew he was getting that shot. Like even yeah. though, let's see, um, I forgot that. I can't think of the character's name or the basketball player's name either. Yeah, um, it was supposed to be their no, best James player. Worthy. I think it was James Worthy. 
Anywho, they have they had the best player on the team, and it was like the you know you think the ball's gonna go to him because he's their best player, but after watching the footage several times, he sees that you know even though this is his freshman year, he knew he was getting the ball. Like there's something the coach saw in him to give him that last shot. So he's like, I think he's our guy. <laughs> so you know he checks with everyone he works with, uh, Jason Bateman, um, Chris Tucker. Everybody's kind of like, eh, I don't know if you should do that. You know, like it's not a good idea. Like whatever, if you, like just let's pick someone else. They they mentioned Charles Barkley, Olajuwon, and it's going to be a hard sell basically. And so he ends up calling their agent, David Falk, played by Chris Messina, and he's like, "Yeah, that they're not going to go for you because I told him specifically to stay away from you, basically." And so yeah. instead of doing a phone conversation, Sonny decides. How about doing an in-person thing? I'm just going to go travel North Carolina and talk to him in person, right. which, you know, that's a no-no, a big no-no. Right. And he shows up on the doorstep, talks to mom because mom basically running a show. Yep. That's what you <laughs> always go to anyways. Yep. And, you know, even she's kind of not really convinced, but, yeah. you know, Sonny tells him like, well, I'll make a bet with you. You know, you have these other interviews. With uh, Adidas and Converse, I'm gonna tell you how those things are gonna go. So he basically lays out what it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like telling her that, was kind of what swayed at least her in the yeah. sense because you know they do show each of these um, interviews and then it goes exactly like he says, and it's just like he's just another person, not really, you know, he's just another uh, notch on their belt of, of right. athletes basically, and then. And he gets the idea, why don't we just tailor his shoe around Michael Jordan? It's his shoe. It's not yeah. just, you know. And um, But I did like the part where the agent called and said, I can't believe he went to, like, he was pissed. Right. <laughs> it's like, how yeah. do you go behind me and yeah. talk to them? Like, it makes me look like I'm... Like, like I'm useless. Yeah. yeah. Like It's so, like, well, uh, maybe you are. <laughs> it's like, well, if... If that's how you feel, then I think that says more about your role as an agent than it does my role as a Right. And someone trying to, you know, it's like, well, if you're, yeah, it just makes me seem like I'm just not like, I'm just used to, well, maybe you are. <laughs> if you're if you're really as good as you say that I wouldn't have yeah. even been, I would have been refused at the door to say, go yeah. away, <laughs> leave. Yeah. Or they never would even showed up. Yeah. Um. But you no, know, going in, I thought just like, how do you make this yeah. interesting? Right. But, you know, they did a, did a great job. I mean, he put a lot on the line to get this deal because yes. if he doesn't go through, not only does he lose his job, but everyone <laughs> that he right. knows Involved. personally yeah. is going to lose their job. And yeah. um, he took this risk for them, <laughs> even right. though that, it wasn't what they wanted. But yeah, he felt so Nike, hard. Yeah, because Nike, Nike was just a, at the time, was just known for track shoes. Like, you yeah. know, for just running, you know, how many, they're like, well, you know how many went. Olympians, you know, wear Nikes. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but you know, how many basketball players? None. <laughs> like nobody. Right. Like the one person they were going to go for was like uh, very popular as a college player, but they're like, he's not. You know, Sonny's like he, he'll last like a year or two. Nobody will remember, yeah. and that's why our basketball division is so terrible because we keep going after just people that are, and also because they're only given they only give like certain amount of money. Right. They don't sweep the pot. Of it. They don't. They don't actually. Yeah. They don't make it marketable to want to go. You know, to make it to where they could actually go for your top 
tier uh, draft picks. Yeah, it's like so, having a movie that, you know, you want to make this $100 million movie, but they only give you a $50 budget. <laughs> right. Make it work. I mean, kind of, <laughs> make it yeah. work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, there's one ad he was watching with Arthur Ashe with the tennis racket. Like, they basically yeah. tailored the racket for him. So that's where he gets the idea is to just make this shoe for him. You know, he's the yeah. center, and we'll build everything around him, even to the point where they tailor the shoe more toward his favorite color, even though there's a fine attached to it. And they just say, well, yes. we'll just pay his fine. Right. Just for every know. game. Yep. We'll just do that. Yeah. I was like, that's, 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 um, I guess, commitment to the, to the goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I do. mean, well, and that's, and that's how you sweeten the offer though. Mm-hmm. That's yep. how you get, Oh, you know, like, so oh, you're, you're that's willing to do this. Thought, we hadn't thought, yeah, we hadn't thought about something like that. Yeah. You're willing to go that far to sign us to take this, you know, the fine that, that's going to add up. So, and if this doesn't work out, you still got to pay me. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yep. But, um, and but, then, overall, but yeah. yeah. And then, you know, the overall deal that they ended up agreeing on was the 250,000 mm-hmm. plus paying all the fines yep. plus a percentage. They get a percentage of every sneaker sold yep worldwide yep yep because it's <laughs> basically you're you're using my you know dolores are like yeah. you're using my son to, yes. to make this shoe he needs a stake in it as well so exactly regardless of what happens he's still getting money and what was it 12 percent or something like that it was pretty high it was, it was yeah it was, it was like 12 percent. 12 percent of every pair of nike sold since 1984 that's, Holy shit. <laughs> and that's what and that's the thing that stuck with me most while I'm just standing in that in that Nike store in Chicago. Because mm-hmm. I'm staring at all these Jordans that they have their variations thereof or whatever. Yeah. And I'm looking at these price tags that are like two hundred dollars a shoe and for a pair, and I'm like and I'm just like I I can't do math, but I know that's almost twenty dollars, you know, a shoe. And yeah. if you imagine how many get sold on a daily basis worldwide Oof. and i didn't i see something that he's donated what two oh it's i forgot how many millions of dollars to charities from his essentially his cut you know from his percentage that he gets yeah. that he comes in yeah i don't know the exact number but yeah he does but so it's, it's, it's not it's just for him he's, he's he's yeah he you know he's getting money but he's also putting it to good use that's the way you do it yep that's the way you do it. Put it back into the community. He does uh, for lower income families. I think it's for like uh, community centers and stuff like that mm-hmm. in education. And I'm like, that is how you do it. Yeah. The right way. Because you can't I mean, also, I mean, you get all this money and it's just sitting there. Yeah. They do something good with it. Yep. So, no, uh, performances were great and it flowed. I mean, it. it it kept you into like it kept you interested. You were never I never felt bored watching this no, movie. And that's the all. thing about any movie that I've watched that Ben Affleck has directed. I'm never bored in any of his movies. Yeah. That's at a, all. that's important. Because yes. you wanna, you wanna hold, Be- hold hold interest in Because it's too easy, like a story about a shoot about signing somebody for a shoot. Yeah. Could have been kind of dry. But the casting Casting these amazing actors and actresses to play these parts 
and then just letting them shine. And that's the beauty of having an actor direct a movie because an actor knows what an actor needs. Yep. Been on both sides of the camera. Yep. And that's why I, I really enjoy Ben Affleck's movies whenever he directs. I'm still, I still would have loved to have seen a Ben Affleck directed Batman movie. Yeah. I love the Matt Reeves one. I'm more than happy with that. I still would like to see what a Ben Affleck directed Batman movie would have looked like. In fact, I still would like a Ben Affleck directed superhero movie because I'm because st- the way he is with characters, I'm curious like mm-hmm. how that would work because he's just so great at directing actors and letting each one of them shine in their role. So yeah, but yeah, no, Air was amazing. I I've I've already actually already recommended it uh, this past week. Someone asked. That's just what we were planning on talking about this week. And mm-hmm. I said, well, we're, you know, obviously Fast and Furious, which you may not be as interested in. Um, but I said, we're, so we'll probably talk about Air for sure, because that's, that was really good. That's one of the ones I've really enjoyed recently. Because yeah. I was looking at last week, I'm like, yeah, last week's were okay. But this week, oh, yeah, no, I watched this. This is really good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, it's now available on Amazon Prime. Sorry. If you haven't watched Air yet, it is on Amazon Prime. So you can check it out there for sure. So so, so about that. So it says in the movie, Nike's offer is mm-hmm. $250,000 per year. In fact, the actual deal that was signed was uh, called for $2.5 million for five years, making the deal worth $500,000 per year. And the $250,000 figure was referenced in the movie to underscore Nike's underdog status. So basically, just make them yeah. really look like they were, des- you know, just didn't have much. Yeah, that's still that's that's good. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's I mean, it's nuts. And then that kind of helped uh, spark more players to have more coming out of their deals, which was yeah. which was the concern. Like, well, if you give them this, then that means other players will come in and try to get the similar deals. Yeah. Which right. they should, you know. Yes, using our you are likeness and image to do this. Yep, I need a percentage of that. All right, and lastly, for our triple to round out our triple feature, we haven't done one where we we've watched two or more of the same movie in a while. I just realized that. So, look at those. It's, it's, it's in rare, this week. Occasion. Yep. Uh, lastly, we watched still. A Michael J. Fox movie, which is uh, a documentary mm-hmm. available on Apple TV Plus. It came out May twelfth, rated R, one hour thirty five minutes. Oh, Air is also rated R. I don't think we brought that up. Which just language. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, still Michael J. Fox uh, movie slash documentary. Follows the life of beloved actor and advocate Michael J. Fox, exploring his personal and professional triumphs, and uh, and then what happens when an incurable optimist confronts an incurable disease. So obviously, it has Michael J. Fox and as the uh, you know the lead. It's directed by Davis Guggenheim. And written by Michael J. Fox based on the, you know, based on his books, but also his interview, you know, interviews with him as mm-hmm. well. The. Uh, <clears throat> this was 
So what I really liked about this was that um, it was really cool uh, how they would take some of the stuff from his like his books or whatever because you could tell you could tell what point like the voiceover stuff is probably from like the audiobook mm-hmm. of one of his books and then the interviews are obviously just the interviews because it's right there but yeah. they do this great job of portraying they they basically film a fictionalized scene but use the audio from like the books and yeah. for cutaways from him uh from his career growing up and everything. And it was what I really liked though, is, uh, is how they portrayed that. I thought that was beautifully shot, edited. It never showed, like it showed the back of the back of somebody that resembles him, you know, at that time period and just going through the motions and everything. And I thought that was really fascinating how they did that portray instead of, uh, just all interview. But it's just an interesting it told not only just a narrative storytelling, but, you know, mixed it in with interviews. And I thought that was really fascinating, helped keep the pace going, too. Yeah. Uh, This movie was both uh, fun to watch, but also heartbreaking to watch at the same time. Um, I agree. And very touching. But also you just feel this. I don't know what the word is. You could just see his determination in this. Like he he refuses to give up on anything and he's always on the go. Like his entire life he's always been on the go, which is fascinating that the movie is called Still because he never could stay still because he was always filming something. As soon as Family Ties and Back to the Future hit, he was off and then he didn't stop until like the early to mid 90s when after his Parkinson's diagnosis Mm-hmm. And then he it was harder for him to film movies uh, and, you know, be at work all, you know, doing that filming. And then he kind of had a slump of bad movies. And then he got on Spin City, he was doing that for years. And that's when he finally came out publicly about his Parkinson's yeah. and then continued for like, I think, another season or two. And then finally left the show. Um due to him having balance issues. So, but he continued to do voice. If you look at his filmography, even after he left Spin City, he continued to do voice acting. So animated. So all the Stuart Little movies, some other animated features, he still voiced these characters. So he was still able to, you know, do work, but not just um, on screen. Right. Meanwhile, he's, you know, he's got, a son and then they had twins <laughs> and then they had another daughter <laughs> like yeah they you know he's having to deal with being a parent but also but also you know having to deal with this disease and one of my favorite things you know one of the funny things that i that they said during the movie was it's funny when your kids tell you dad sit still and you know you can't he's like what i can't yeah he has a good sense of humor, like about he everything. He has a like, great all oh, Yeah, like he gets frustrated, but he doesn't let that get him. Yeah, like his and his family doesn't treat him any different. Mm-mm. Nope. Like they still give him grief about stuff, you know. Just <laughs> and that's and that's what they, you know, and that's what he needs. And he's like, that's what I need. I don't need them treating me different. Yeah, I, I like that one scene where he was walking outside yeah. past the woman, and he fell. 
Yeah. And then, but they told him, oh, you knocked me off my feet. Yeah, you knocked <laughs> you know? me off my feet. You know? <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> she good, thought good. that was funny, too. I yeah. guess it's a humor about the situation. Like he didn't just get yeah. mad and start cussing like yeah. you know, right. Yeah. But he just kind of turned it into a positive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it shows his rehab, you know, like his uh, physical re- rehabilitation, or I guess, mm-hmm. or occupational. Th- I don't know. I can never. I was told the difference between um, between a physical therapist and an occupational therapist. I was told the difference one time. That's still, I've already forgotten it. But yeah. yeah. Um, but it shows him trying to work on taking his time walking because his brains can further ahead of his body. And that's what is yeah. causing his causing him to fall is that his brains getting further ahead than his body will allow him to. Yeah. And so it's unsynchronized. But, yeah, it and, you know, you, you when you think of Michael Keaton or not Michael Keaton, when you think of Michael J. Fox, you think of. All these great family movies, you know, and fun stuff. And then it cuts to these interviews, and he's just like cussing away. I'm like, you know, like I love this so much. <laughs> like, I was like, I love it. I love it. I love everything about it. <laughs> uh, so I think at first the idea was to just do reenactments of scenes. Mm-hmm. And then one of the, um, they said, we got the idea to just use footage, like you were mentioning earlier. So I think the, Director of photography went through and watched everything Michael Keaton, like Family Ties, Back to the Future, like Michael, all the movies. Michael J. Michael J. Fox, you did you pulled the same I did thing that, I, I did. did that. <laughs> shit, shit, shit. You can blame me. You can blame <laughs> anywho, me on that. One. But basically, just watched all this footage from his career, and that's how they were able to splice it in with the uh, person standing in as Michael yeah. from behind, you know, because you never right. see his face. Um. And then just kind of weave it in where it just seemed like it's seamless, like that scene where he was going yeah. from Family Ties to Back to, the, to future. the Future. Wake up one morning, got somebody to drive him on the scene to use the scene where it's like car, uh, cars, yeah. horn honks, like, oh, that rides for yeah. me. Goes in, gets in the car, goes to the set of Back to the Future, then home and starts it all over again. Like that whole sequence was just seamless. Oh, beautifully I was like, shot. Oh, was awesome. oh, beautifully shot. Yes, yes. Yes. So I was like, that, that's what pulled me in. I'm like, I like how they're doing this. Because I, yeah. I usually don't watch documentaries. This definitely kept me interested in watching the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully done, though. And beautiful story. Yes. Uh, so I would definitely on the uh, high on the recommendation list for me. Yes. For sure. So. Yep. Cool beans, man. Um, real quick, I watched all of season two of Sweet Tooth this week. All mm-hmm. eight episodes. Beautifully written. Um uh, if you like the first season, you'll 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 enjoy the second season. That I don't even want to say it wrapped it up nicely because it's not wrapped up. It's I don't even remember if they've renewed it for a third season or not. But either which way, you know, they they definitely left it open for a third season. But we'll we'll see. I guess it's Netflix. Yeah. You know, I'm surprised they even got a second season. Really, but yeah, whatever. I do love that. Uh, this nothing new with Netflix, uh, but so this weekend, David Zaslav, the head of Warner Brothers Discovery, mm-hmm. was doing the commencement speech at uh, Boston University, and I forgot at one point he said something about uh, he's I forgot how it worked or how he worded it, and then the graduates all started chant chanting "Pay your writers, pay your writers." Dang, <laughs> I mean. 
all this. I mean, it was loud too. Like it, yeah. he had to stop talking. Did because, he look embarrassed? Did he look frustrated? <laughs> no, he just like that. And then, yeah. you know, he had sunglasses on too, so you couldn't really see. Mm. Yeah. I guess he kind of figured but it was yeah. coming. So let me hide had my to. eyes. Had yeah. to. Yeah. Had to. Have. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's also an outdoor commencement, but it was, it was great though. I loved it. So and then it's looking like Screen Actors Guild might be, uh, they're taking votes now to find out they're going to end up striking next. Hey, I mean, just a matter just of time. Pay, I mean, just, Pay the people what they've earned. That's that's all they're asking for. As as John Malkovich and Roundards would say, pay that man his money. Yeah, <laughs> that's my horrible. That's my horrible impression of John Malkovich doing a horrible impression, Russian impression. Splish, depot, splish, splish. I love that movie. Anyways, uh, then lastly, I started watching City on Fire on Apple TV Plus. Mm-hmm. With uh, which is really good. I think you may like this one too. Again, a little bit of a mystery, and it's one of those you meet a lot of different characters from different parts of New York in 2003. Yes, <coughs> and uh, summer 2003, and they all are one of those. You're wondering how what all these characters have in common, but then it just they're all interweaved. Through different st- through di- various different stories throughout this show, yeah, uh, it's very interesting. <coughs> and uh, our past guest Michael Toe is also in it, plays the father of one of the characters in this. He's only been in it briefly so far, but there's more episodes to go. I'm only on, I've only finished the first two because that's what I watched on the airplane <laughs> on my way back. Uh, but yeah, he made a he's made a Small appearances, but I, yeah, I believe his role gets bigger uh, the more this things happen with this character. I guess is a good way to. I'll I'll leave it at that much. Okay. Uh, but yeah, definitely worth a watch. It is also very good. I finished up the last thing he told me, and uh, that wrapped up fine. Yeah, that, that wrapped up okay. But still worth a watch. All seven episodes. So yeah, and. I think that's it. All right. Yeah, I'm still I'm behind on from. I think I'm about three episodes behind. So I plan on getting caught up on that this week. Um, I've been watching Citadel on Prime. Right. Which has one more episode because it's a six episode season. Um, I think for this show, it's better to watch in sequence instead of waiting a week. Because I watched the first episode and it was like maybe two weeks before I watched the the remainder. It was a few weeks past yeah. and I finally caught up on it. And I kind of forgot some things from the first one. Yeah. So I just feel like if you watch it and, you know, if you binge okay. it, I think it just flows better together because yeah. it's a lot of flashback and current oh, okay. day. Yeah. It's a lot of that time jumping. But um, it's interesting, you know, uh, basically these two spies for an agency called Citadel and, and it's fallen. But one of the last missions, they're on this train and you know, they pretty much take everyone out, but one of the villains has a bomb that explodes and they're presumed dead. But what happens is when the agency can't locate them, they have a they wipe their minds. So that way they can't give secrets. Yeah. And so Mason Kane now has married, has a kid, has a family life, uh, but he still has these memories, these dreams that pop up of this person that he thinks he knows. And then Nadia, who's another agent, has basically got a restaurant 
And Stanley Tucci is their boss, basically trying to find them and bring yeah. them back together so they can take down this new comp- this new agency called Manicor to take them down because they're taking over their spot, basically. <laughs> they're they're rising in Citadel's void. Gotcha. And, um, and so the whole thing now is can they re- recollect their past and summon the strength to fight back? I mean, it's interesting. It's just I wish I'd I just watch it. I might yeah. really watch it back to back. Okay. But um, because Richard Madden, he's got like an accent, right? So the whole time sure. I'm, I think I mean, I, I'm I'm just thinking of Game of Thrones. I don't know if that's how. Yeah. But I kind of wish they had him talk like that because his American accent's kind of it's weird. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just I don't know, it just didn't fit. I feel like if he just had him talk normally, if that is normal, it would have been a better fit. Scottish. <laughs> He's Scottish. Scottish. Okay, so his Scottish accent, I think if they just had him talk like that, it would have been, or, you know, he speaks in a Scottish accent as Mason Kane, but then when he becomes Kyle Conroy with his memory white, maybe he has an English accent, and then he comes back or something. It just didn't feel right, you know, because gotcha. I haven't seen him in Eternals and Game of Thrones. It just seemed more natural. Like he's, you know, just didn't, the, the English talk didn't seem natural. So it's kind of distracting. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, he was born in Elders Eldersley Refreshire, Scotland. Yeah, something like that. Um He's got two sisters. <laughs> uh June eighteen eighty six. Nineteen eighty six. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty it's pretty good. Cool. Yeah. All right, I'll check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, this is a extended episode, we'll say. <laughs> and we'll just go with we will see everybody for next week where we will have the Little Mermaid. Yeah, this one was a fully loaded high octane episode. Yes. Next week we'll go take on, a chill and chill, see. Go under the sea. sea. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then above it and then not hear a thing. So yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Y'all have an amazing week. We'll talk to y'all next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group Parental Advisory Movie Podcast and join in on the fun.